Hey y'all, welcome to Black Pod Collective, the podcast where we teach podcasters how to podcast. Yeah, you heard that right. We teach aspiring and current podcasters how to start, grow, and sustain their platforms. So let's see what today's host has to share. Hi, my name is Janae Strickland-Nunn, creator and host of Confessions from a Red Couch blog and podcast, where my guests and I discuss ways to improve the relationship with yourself so you don't take your trash to others because no one wants your unresolved issues. I started out as a blogger and turned my blog into a podcast around a year and a half ago. I've had an amazing time sharing tips on how to deal with self-care, self-love, and self-awareness while relating stories on life lessons learned. I've had success with collaborating and cross-promoting with other podcasters. It is important to know how to work with other podcasters to form beneficial relationships to gain new listeners. So in this episode, we will be talking about the do's and don'ts of crossover shows. Oh no, is that an echo? Oh no, you're not using social media effectively. Oh no, no one's listening to your podcast. It's the Oh No segment. Let's hear today's host, Biggest Oh No's. Let's dive into the three most common mistakes people make when doing crossover shows. Number one, not following through. You can't have a crossover show without another podcast. From experience, I know that a lot of communication between podcasters happen via social media. That usually means DMs and inboxes. Now, while I know this is the easiest way to to communicate, The problem comes in when you get spammy messages in your DM or that share three, share this with three people and you'll get $10,000 in the morning type messages from your auntie or your uncle, right? So this, when you get this type of stuff happening in your, in social media inboxes, your important messages, which is communication with other podcasters gets buried underneath all the trash. Sorry guys, it is trash. So find a different way to communicate with other people. If you do send a DM, how about you connect your email into it too? That way you do a follow-up. Problem number two is collaborating with shows because of their audience and not their relatable content. It's easy to get distracted by analytics. Believe me, I get it. I'm a podcaster too. But you have to make sure that their audience can connect with your show and vice versa. It's great to be on a popular show, but you need your listeners or their listeners to connect with your you and your content more than once. You want to keep them coming back. So that's an issue. And then problem number three, or don't number three, is not having a written agreement about how you would like to promote your shows or the crossover shows. We would like to believe that other people think like us and want the good or they have the same work ethic, but everybody is not the same. That's just the way the world works. So you want to make sure that you have an agreement saying that you are going to do promote this many times on your uh, social media platform and I'm going to promote this many times on my social media platform. We're going to do all these things. Because you don't want the podcast relationship to be unequally yoked. That means one person's doing all the work and the other person's just moving forward. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dive into action steps you can take to create successful crossover shows. Be a part of the conversation by emailing your questions to hello at blackpodcollective.com. 
You can also join the collective by visiting our website, blackpotcollective.com, and selecting membership. We look forward to welcoming you to the collective. Now that you've heard about what not to do, let's discuss what you can do to ensure successful crossover shows. Number one, it's good to have an idea of what you can contribute to another show. Have topics that you can talk about on any platform that can reach an audience. Write down at least five topics that you feel comfortable talking about. That way you also have ideas that you can share with other podcasts so they can figure out how to fit you in and do a crossover show. Number two is to make sure that you are um, you partner with podcasts that have an audience that is similar to yours. The way you can do that is this. First off, you need to do your research on your own show. Know your audience and what they they like and what they would like to hear on your podcast in the future. Find podcasts that have similar audiences. You can do this by looking at shows that directories reference in connection with your shows. This is a great way to start off. Apple uh, Podcasts always shows a list of top podcasts related to your topic, and they also show podcasts that your listeners are also subscribed to. So this gives you a good idea of what your what what else your listeners are listening to, and that way you could build your audience from there. Number three, you should have a brainstorming session with the podcasters who you are going to collaborate with. This helps you to figure out ideas that will suit your audience. There's nothing worse than recording content that can't be used. Um, you know, sometimes you don't have the right chemistry with a podcast or, or a show and and that's okay because it happens. That's why you do a brainstorming session before so you can figure out if you have the chemistry, you can figure out topics that you're going to talk about on each other's show, and you can figure out um, some call to actions that you are going to have so you can get your audiences to listen to the shows. Number four, you should have a contractual agreement. This just holds both of you accountable. You have to hold each other accountable. This makes sure that the show actually gets recorded because <laughs> sometimes that happens. Um, something that says, I'm going to share your things on all my platforms for this amount of time and you'll do the same. I would also include a release form and other materials required to make it a success. Headshots, color schemes, um, when you want to start promoting, this should all be included in your con contractual agreement so that you have an understanding, you both have an understanding of what is needed and what's necessary in order to make this, this cross promotion a success. And then lastly, measure the crossover. You know, it's great that you have a great show and it sounds good, you know, and you get the link and you're like, oh my gosh, that's a great show. But then no one listens to it because no one even knows you're out there. So maybe create a joint call to action where listeners review both episodes or give a rating. In order to do this, the person who's listening will have to engage. This can help you measure the success of the crossover without having to cipher through analytics. Okay, guys, so let's go over these, a recap of these actionable steps. Number one, make sure you know the topics um, you are comfortable with sharing on other people's podcasts. 
Number two, do your research. What does your audience want? Find podcasts with similar audiences as yours. Find podcasts that want you on their show. <laughs> Number three, make sure to have brainstorming sessions. They are your friends. This can help you establish chemistry, organize episodes, and schedule the recordings of the shows. Number four, make sure you have a contractual agreement. They are also your friend. <laughs> this can make sure that people are held accountable and you show up for everything that you're supposed to do. And then number five, a call to action to measure the success of your crossover show. It's something that the audience needs to do so that you can measure if people are listening or not. Make sure you tell them to rate it or leave a review. And this will help you with having a successful crossover and it not being a dud. Now let's jump into some questions. Question number one, what are apps that can help with brainstorming sessions? I love this because I love brainstorming sessions. They always help. So I personally use Zoom, Slack, or Google Docs. I use Zoom because I like to see the person I'm talking to. And so it kind of helps with establishing that chemistry. And you also get to hear your voice. And, you know, you get to pick up on little um, quirks that people have. So I like Zoom. There's also Slack, which is just like a texting service or a group texting service. You could share media through that. And then you can also use Google Docs. And this is good. Google Docs are good for writing the script of the show. So you guys can both collaborate on what you want to say on the shows or how the format of the show, how you want it to go. And that's great to do during um, in Google Docs because you don't even have to be in the same like vicinity of someone. You can just share the doc and they can write on it as well. The next question is, what can I include in a collaboration interest email? This is a great question because this is sometimes forms like a first impression. So if I were you, I would include my one page that has all your information and information about your show. Also your contact information so that they can get to you, whether email or some people like to put their phone number. You could put your phone number on there as well. And then also one thing that sometimes people forget is a Calendly link. I love the Calendly app because it schedules recordings or meetings and it puts it directly onto your Google calendar, which then notifies you when you have a meeting. It is great. So I would put that on there too. Um, and also make sure that you follow up with the communication. So if you haven't heard from the person in 48 hours, I would uh, follow up with the communication just to make sure you're continuing to touch base with that person or with the show. And then the last question is, how do I make the graphics match my social media platform so that I can share? Now, what I usually do is I ask uh, the person that I'm partnering with if they're, if it's on my show or even their show, like what is the color scheme of their social media? And I try to make my graphics match their color scheme as much as possible. This way, um, it lets people share your things and keep it on your page. 
I've had friends who and colleagues in the podcast and business who say, you know, they'll leave the graphic up for a little bit, but because it doesn't match their color scheme or the flow of their page, they take it down after a while. You don't want to take it down. You want to make sure that we keep these graphics up. So ask them their color scheme. It's a nice touch and it will ensure that your graphic stays on their social media for as long as it possibly can be on there. So this is the end of my episode. Thank you for tuning in. You can connect um, and contact me on Instagram at confessionsfromaredcouch.com or you can email me with questions at theconfessionsfromaredcouch at gmail.com. And also check out my podcast by visiting confessionsfromaredcouch.com. Thank you so much for listening and welcome to The Collective. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Black Pod Collective, the podcast, a how-to podcast for podcasters. If you like what you heard today, make sure you subscribe, share, and leave a review. We look forward to welcoming you to the collective. Oh.